Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. You've probably heard the name Amir Locke on social media recently. That's because the police killed him. It's very good, I think, when we pay attention to police killings, and very bad when police killings actually happen. Uh, now, I have kept myself deliberately ignorant to the details on this issue, in large part because I want to find out with you guys, and also additionally because I learned a tiny bit about it off-stream, and got angry, wished that I was streaming, and, well, here I am. <sighs> as, as is so often the case. Minneapolis officer serving warrant kills man in apartment. This was before the name was even widely distributed. Back in February 2nd, three days ago. A Minneapolis police officer fatally shot a man Wednesday who authorities say had a loaded gun in his hand as officers entered a downtown apartment as part of a homicide investigation. Authorities have not said if the man who was shot was connected to that investigation or named in a warrant. His identity was not released. An autopsy was planned. Interim Police Chief Amelia Huffman said the shooting happened at about 7 a.m. Wednesday. Officers from the Minneapolis Police Department SWAT unit were serving warrants to help the St. Paul Police Department in the investigation. Huffman said that the officers used a key fob to gain entry into the apartment, so that is a no-knock warrant right there. They simply let themselves in um, and identified themselves as police before entering uh, and once uh, inside the apartment. Nine seconds after going inside, officers encountered a man with a handgun. A police statement said the gun was, quote, pointed in the direction of officers, end quote. So, remember guys, uh, this is one of them situations where uh, the initial statements made by the police are unintentionally quite revealing. Keep in mind that police officers have uh, lied historically many times to cover their asses when they engage in bad behavior. Now, I'm not encouraging any bad behavior from you guys, but I do want to point this out, okay? No-knock warrants are fucking insane, okay? If police engage in a no-knock warrant, they should be as ready to die as the people who uh, they are breaking into the house of, okay? This is the United States of America. If you are in the United States and your door just gets broken down, the natural, God-fearing, blessed, patriotic response is to, um, you know, use your hatchet to cut the rope uh, that, that you know, descends the Gatling gun that you keep chained to your ceiling. It is, it is, it is to immediately begin flipping the switch uh, that you have in a wall safe to activate the house bombs. This is the United States of America. That is, that is what you do. When police engage in no-knock warrants, though, they know this. Do you think a police officer entering a house in a context in which they understand the natural response to the people from the people they're invading is going to be to shoot at them will ever engage in de-escalation? Do you think a police officer breaking into your house is going to ever de-escalate? Just imagine that for a second. They know that they're breaking into a house in America they know what Americans can do when you break into their houses. They know Americans have 
guns, lots of them, do you think they're going to wait that extra second? Do you think they're going to pause before shooting? Do you think they would make sure you're actually pointing the gun at them before pulling the trigger? You know, hypothetically, just in case that happened to be a thing that maybe happens in one instance, this, that, or the other. Do you think they would wait that second? Or do you think no-knock warrants as an institution, as a function, are just categorically death sentences? For them, for us, whatever. It's just, here you go, death! 50-50 maybe? 30-70? 80-20? Who knows? Death! Someone dies. Maybe. Maybe multiple. Who knows? Who cares? Death! There are, I imagine, some contexts in which a no-knock warrant is warranted. However, these would be in the most cased and extreme examples imaginable. I mean, we're talking like active hostage situations. We're talking about like we know not only that this is a meth lab, but they know that we're coming and they have 20 guys in there. I mean, some some like these things do happen. Don't get me wrong, but these are extreme situations, not uh, excuse me, SWAT serving warrants to help with an investigation. Keep in mind that the initial police statements are going to be ones which defend them to the greatest possible extent. And the language used to describe the mechanism by which they're engaging in these no-knock warrants uh, does not seem particularly urgent, in my opinion. She said, Police gave the man immediate medical attention and carried him to the paramedics. He was pronounced dead at a hospital. Authorities recovered a loaded gun, Huffman said. Huffman did not say whether the officer who fired was injured or how many shots were fired. She and Mayor Jacob Frey did not take questions at a news conference. Oh boy. Our thoughts are with the family and friends who love the man who lost his life today, Huffman said. She said she had seen body camera video of the incident but did not elaborate. No wonder she's playing it close to the chest. The city said the video would not be available to media while the case is open. Mm-hmm. Social justice activists called for the officer to be arrested and charged and urged police to release body camera footage. Link to the press conference? Ah, yes, let's take a look. Why not? Now, this is breaking news from WCCO. We're breaking in and bringing you an update about the deadly police officer involved shooting during a SWAT raid in Minneapolis. Mayor Jacob Fry and interim police chief Amelia Huffman are now reacting to the newly released video and are taking questions. We're going to take a listen. Good evening. Our city has been through a lot. The pain that we've been Justin Trudeau ass looking ass motherfucker experiencing on a weekly if not daily basis is only compounded by the complexities of the circumstances that we face that's something that i've been grappling with every day and i know people in our city have as well now in grappling with it and having some of these hard discussions that we need to have one of the Newly first steps body. that is necessary Sorry. is transparency good bad or ugly and in achieving transparency uh, it's essential and it was essential in this case that we release the body-worn camera footage. Uh, I do want to make sure that you understand the considerations wait, that are in the wait. Hold on. The initial press conference they did, they said they would not release it. Right? Let me see. Wait. Let me confirm. No, this article came out on the second, and it was referring to something which took place before then necessarily. But this is on the third, so this is this is in the future. Okay, this is in the future. We'll get to this when we get to this. Okay. 
I, I was under the impression that was the, that's the one after the vid was released, then don't you think we should watch the video ourselves first? My out-of-order recollection of events aside, I don't know if the CNN filter on this particular video is going to be successful in both giving the necessary information and also keeping my channel from being deleted, but... Cam video shows Minneapolis police executing an apparent no-knock search warrant and fatally shooting a black man inside an apartment two days ago. Tragically, the victim was not a target of the raid. That's according to his attorneys. Not even named. Uh, we should warn you, this video is disturbing. Hmm? Content warning, obviously. much more on this coming up. Omar Jimenez has been covering the story. He's got some new information. You, uh, you see that? He was engaged in what people refer to as blanky mode, and then he heard screaming, and then he died. This is, this is, this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is a state execution. And uh, you, you remember, of course, the initial police language? I, it's, it's almost funny uh, when, when you've seen it, the language they use, because, like, they know what's coming. They know what's going to happen. Authorities have not said if the man who was shot was connected to that investigation. That means he's not. Or named in a warrant. That means he's not. His identity was not released. An autopsy was planned. Uh, uh, you know, nine seconds after going inside, officers encountered a man with a handgun. A police statement said the gun was, quote, pointed in the direction of officers. Well... No wonder they didn't want to release the body cam footage while the case was still ongoing. Very nice. He didn't even have a gun. He did have a gun. Uh, he had a gun. He was holding it to the side uh, as he uh, as he was shot to death or or shot. I don't believe he died. I uh, I, I don't believe he died immediately. Yes, very much a um, bullet contact made with a person during cop uh, altercation uh, tier behavior here. Uh, for the sake of conclusion or completion, uh, let's finish the CNN article, and we are going to uh, we are going to continue. Seeing a lot of questions too about these no-knock warrants, right? We saw that play in the death of uh, oh. Brianna Taylor. Oh, oh, oh! And and by the way, I want to I want to keep this in mind for you guys. By the way, okay, this is the United Goddamn States of America. Okay, if you are engaging in blanky mode, and you are woken up to the sound of eight men screaming at you. Okay, and you and and the 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 behavior you engage in, which determines the end of your life, is you rolling slightly to the side while having a gun. Then not only functionally can the state kill you whenever it decides to. All you have to do is be named in a warrant, whatever you know. Police get warrants easy peasy, you know. They can it's it's whatever they can just get you in. Not only uh, does the state have the right to just kill you if it wants, but you don't functionally have a Second Amendment. Sorry, guys. Having a Second Amendment is incompatible with a uh, with a government which will use even the presence of a firearm uh, as an excuse to extrajudicially execute you. That is not a that is not a functioning Second Amendment. And of course, conservatives would know this if it were not for the fact that this was a black person who died, and they don't care when this happens to a black person. Sorry, I, I'm not going to play nice on this one. This is such an obvious violation of. A wide variety of rights, but one of them being our Second Amendment right, because if the government can just bust in and you just happen to have a gun on you and they're like, well, so time to die, then OK, then you don't have a fucking Second Amendment right.
If the police can be that jumpy and you can just die, then you don't. Taylor, uh, and now this is raising questions as well. I do want to get now to Omar. We've been able to bring him in. Omar? Yep. So, John and Brianna, basically this happened in the early Wednesday morning hours, and the Minneapolis Police Department, they were executing a early. warrant for a homicide. Early, early, early. Remember how early? 7 a.m. I'm not awake at 7 a.m. Albeit I'm a live streamer, but. Investigation tied to nearby St. Paul, but now the attorneys for the man later identified as Amir Locke tell us that he wasn't the target of the investigation and the Minneapolis Police Department says his name never appeared on any of the search warrants. Now, regardless, Minneapolis police burst through this apartment and they appear to wake Locke up, who is seen in blankets and a gun is seen. And it is in those moments that you hear gunshots ring out from officers. Take a listen to the interim police chief as she begins to try to explain the mentality in those moments. You're forced to make a split-second decision um, about when it's, when it's a threat. No, no, do not. Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't take a look at his finger. Was he just engaging in better gun discipline than the cops who killed him? Oh my god, yes he was. He didn't have his fucking finger on the trigger. He doesn't- not only does he not have it on the trigger, he doesn't even have it holding over the trigger guard. He has it pressed against the slide. Look at how far up that is. This is- that's a deliberate- no- if- if you just grab a gun in a quick panic without concern for how you're holding it, your finger goes to the trigger. That's how the gun's built. That's how it's designed. This is a deliberate, active effort to engage in proper trigger discipline. It didn't save him, but it saved the cops. Or it would have if they'd given him more than like one-eighth of a second. You're forced to make a split-second decision um, about when You force that! No, no, do not! Okay, I'm not a threat. I don't have a gun. Okay? Don't treat me like I'm a threat. This is what I would call the anatomy of a cover-up. This is unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is. You all had no business agreeing to carry out a, a warrant, and now you're claiming that's part of their investigation. You don't know. Well, why the did you all sign up to do this in the first place? Now, a spokesperson for the St. Paul Police Department did tell us that the investigation where this warrant stemmed from, that again, Locke was not named in, is still an active one at this point. We know later this morning the family attorneys, Benjamin Crump and Jeff Storms, are expected to hold a press conference where we're going to hear from the family. And as for the officer, Officer, uh, officer Henneman, Mark Henneman, has been placed on routine administrative leave as part There we go. Always waiting for it. Yes. Mm. My favorite, my favorite part of living in a country that prioritizes accountability. You get to go in the goddamn vacay box. The nice, the, 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 the good old, you know, Bahamas. He should be in jail. What's wrong with jail? What, you afraid to put a cop in a jail? You afraid to put them up with all the guys they put in there? <sighs> anyway, this is from the same day, February 4th. Amir Locke executed, according to Amir Locke's parents, Mayor Halt's no-knock entries. Oh! How sensible! The Minneapolis mayor imposed a moratorium on no-knock warrants Friday, two days after a SWAT team murder, etc., etc. <sighs> 22 years old. Ooh, okay. 
I do like the Associated Press's uh, inclusion of the word legal before firearm. I appreciate that a lot. A 22-year-old black man who his parents said was executed after he was startled from a deep sleep and reached for a legal firearm to protect himself. I appreciate the inclusion of that word. I feel like that should be the implied... That should be the implication anyway, because guns are legal and we live in the U.S. of A., but I'm glad they included it anyway, to point out that there was no illegal, no bad behavior. He campaigned in already banning him. Oh, is that true? Oh, hold on. Oh, my goodness. This is from 2021, which is not the current year anymore. Jacob Frey's PAC continues to repeat this lie that he, quote, banned no-knock warrants. Here's the truth. Since Frey banned no-knock warrants, the MPD has sought 90 of them. Oh, see, he led the fight to ban no-knock warrants, and then it turns out he can just ban them like that. Oh, that's interesting. Led the fight to ban no-knock warrants, then he's the mayor, and apparently he can halt no-knock entries. It's a power he has, but uh, there are probably more specifics to this, of which I'm not fully aware, but this doesn't make him look very good. If you campaign on banning no-knock warrants, and then you don't, and then a man is executed in a no-knock warrant, and then you halt no-knock warrant entries, kind of indicates you could have done it earlier, doesn't it? Unless there's some other information to which I am not uh, privy. Mayor Jacob can't ban but can halt. Halt indefinitely. Never unhalt. Police unions will literally fuck you if you try to change shit in his defense. Well, I'm, so I'm sorry, man. That's politics. If you want to look at the moratorium policy, it still gives cops the discretion of timely. The moratorium doesn't actually mean anything. Does anyone have the text of the moratorium? Maybe it's included here. Mayor Jacob Frey said that while the moratorium is in place, he and police leadership will review and revise department policy with the help of two experts who helped shape Brianna's law. The ban on no-knock warrants that was imposed in Louisville, Kentucky, following the death of Brianna Taylor. I love how banning the obvious, objectively bad no-knock warrants is something to which we have to sacrifice one innocent black person into a volcano. That's such a great... What a phenomenal country we have, dude. It's like, it's not like the sociological and criminological data isn't already present. It's not like we don't already know this stuff. They have to wait for it to happen and for the news to pick up on it in their town. And they're like, oh, okay, we filled our one dead black person quota per city. Now we get to look at banning it. Not just ban it either. Review banning it. You know, take pointers from Brianna's Law, possibly, you know, for no-knock warrants too, which exist almost exclusively because... Don't forget, cops are massive pussies. No-knock warrants overwhelmingly are used in situations where cops have the massive advantage in any possible ascribed violence, and they just want that extra little bit of safety for them at a massive cost to safety for you, okay? They, they want to take any little... Uh, does the, their survival rate goes from 99.6 to 99.8%, and yours goes from 90 to 40 or whatever, you know? What a phenomenal trade. In a real sensible country, cops would recognize that as servants and protectors of the peace, they get to be the first ones who die. You guys know that's how it's supposed to work, right? That's how soldiers work. Imagine if soldiers went to a battleground and they constantly, every single U.S. soldier, took a fucking human hostage, like every time they went into a firefight. And afterwards, people were like, well, you know... Better, better them than the soldier. That's literally the equivalent. Like, U.S. policy is to find, like, Afghani 10-year-olds to hold up in front of you while you spray fire at the Taliban or whatever. That, literally. Like, that's what we're talking about here.
Unironically, is it not? Find a difference. Find a difference for me. Explain to me how a policy which dramatically decreases the likelihood of a civilian surviving a cop using their, their right to bust into your house is justified because the cop's chance of surviving is marginally greater. In a free country, when you're not even named on the warrant. When you're just a random fucking dude. Absolutely fucking inexcusable. Anyway. Locke's parents, Andre Locke and Karen Wells, described him Friday as respectful, including to police, and said some of their... I love that we have to do this when black people die, dude. The, the, the parents know it, too. Because if they don't, they're going to get smeared. Because in America, there's not a goddamn thing wrong with having a gun. There's not a goddamn thing wrong with sleeping on the couch or whatever the f But with the first question, every time a black person dies is, well, were they a thug or were they not? That's the discourse. That's what conservatives are going to harp on. They're going to look into his past. Has anything happened? Have they ever done anything? Have they so much as given a cop a dirty look when they were 14 years old? And the parents know that. And that's why we get this every time respectful, including to police. If I ever get shot by police, you know what my parents aren't going to say to the news? That I was respectful to the police. They're going to tell the police to fuck themselves, as they should. The last thing my parents would ever fucking say after I'm killed by a police officer is, well, he was nice to police officers, but that's because I'm white. That's not a, a crux of attack that they know I'll be targeted with. No, I don't see this written about white people after they're murdered by the police either, Merrick. Because it doesn't have to be. Also, if they said I was nice to police, they would of course be lying. It would, it would, also, be, it would also be a lie. Wells said the couple coached their son how to act and do what they needed to do whenever they encountered police officers because of the danger to unarmed black males. He got the talk. Well, thank you for the stark reminder yet again that there is literally nothing you can do uh, 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 in America, as anyone, but particularly as a black guy, to avoid being executed by police officers, no matter your behavior, you can just be sleeping. You, you can, you can just be, you can just be engaging in nappy mode. This guy had so much discipline that he, upon being woken up to people barging into his house, had his finger over the slide of the gun. That's how much trigger discipline he had. Unbelievable. Do you think the cops who killed him would have been like that? I bet you, you, uh, when one of those pigs, uh, you know, hears a bump in the night because his wife's come back after cheating on him, that fucker probably instantly knocks his elbow back into the, the bed headrest gun mount drop, uh, you know, uh, holster and, 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 and it, the, the, the shotgun hits him on the head and he fucking picks it up and starts firing into the ceiling. My son was executed. Now his dreams have been destroyed. The parents looked at a news conference organized by civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who said Locke's family was, quote, just flabbergasted at the fact that Amir was killed in this way and disgusted at how the Wednesday morning raid was conducted. They said he was law-abiding with no criminal record. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. They know what's up. They told their kid, be careful around cops. And now their kid's dead anyway. And now they have to go use the knowledge they've acquired in their hard lifetime while talking to the press and insists, so there's no ambiguity whatsoever, that no Fox News, no Candace Owens, no everyone else, he wasn't a thug. He was a human being. By the way, guys, just to keep all of our priors in mind here, you could have the most Fox News thug black dude in the universe, and he still doesn't deserve to, uh, to die to cops, okay? But they know the narrative that's going to be used.
I'm talking about what they need, not what ought happen. Nothing justifies this. And you know what? It wouldn't have been justified even if he'd pointed the gun at the cops. You know what? It wouldn't have been justified even if he'd fired at the cops. You know why? Because he got woken up by the cops kicking in his door. You, you put, put, put any person with police or military training on the couch and wake them up to eight men storming through their door when they have a gun at 7 a.m. next to them. You think I'm going to blame them for starting to fire shot? No. We were like 18 degrees of, 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 of this, of, away from, from, the, 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 from Amir doing anything wrong. <sighs> Police said Locke pointed a loaded gun, quote, in the direction of officers. An incident report said he had two wounds in the chest, one in the right wrist. The killing prompted outrage in Minneapolis where prominent activists confronted the mayor and interim police chief at a news conference Thursday. Nikema Levy-Armstrong, that is the person we saw at the end of the CNN video, this woman, I, I assume, called the city's release of information the anatomy of a cover-up, queen, based, etc. Governor Tim Waltz called Locke's death a tragedy and said it showed the need for further examination of no-knock warrants. We don't need to examine them, okay? The, the only examination they need is that which can be seen from the bottom of a trash can. They don't need to be examined. Get rid of them. I would, listen, okay? I, as far as I'm concerned, this is a true until proven untrue situation. Here is my hot take, okay? No-knock warrants are unjustifiable, and they do so little good in the marginal instances where they are justified, uh, compared to the bad they do otherwise, that they could just be banned and I wouldn't care. Will, will a few more cops die sometimes? I don't care. Rather them die, they took the pledge, than the civilians they would have killed in the way. Yeah, I don't care. What, like, oh, sorry, is the job too dangerous for you? You can quit. Could Amir Locke have quit? What, being killed by the cops? What, 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 what's, what pledge did he make? What academy training did he take? What body armor was he wearing? What seven fucking masked men in SWAT gear were backing him up? So I, I'd, love, I'd love proof to the contrary. If anyone has evidence that actually no-knock warrants secretly save like 8 million cops a year or something, then I'd love that. But, you know, something tells me uh, that the existence of no-knock warrants has a hell of a lot more to do with racism and police being cowards than it has to do with, you know, any kind of logistical, criminological, uh, you know, data collection. No-knock warrants are able to keep drug dealers from flushing their drugs down the toilet. And what a, what a valuable sacrifice that is. Thank God. Thank God in the United States, we can kill extra civilians. And, and, and the benefit we get is that we can arrest more drug users. I, that's, yes. Ah, yeah, ooh, yes. At, but this, what a phenomenal trade. Why not just firebomb every neighborhood with a meth lab in it, you know? Why risk cop lives at all? Why not just drone strike them? That would save cop lives. No cop never died in a drone strike. Unless you drone strike the cops. Didn't that happen? Yeah. They've done that. The R conservative subreddit had one thread about this that they deleted. If you can find me a, um, a internet history archive or internet archive link to that, I would love to see it. Because I know there are a bunch of conservatives who are fucking bleeding their hands out, grinding them together. Oh well, I bet he was a, I, I bet he was a thug. What was his criminal record? What did he do? Look at it, like I know they're defending this because, again, keep this in mind: a ton of conservative politics is just euphemisms for wanting more black people to die. That's it. Okay. The functional difference between conservatism now and 100 years ago is that now 
they have to use euphemisms for achieving the lynchings, okay? Lynchings now have to be done by cops instead of by random groups of people, except sometimes they are still done by random groups of people, like as the case with Ahmaud Arbery, which conservatives still think was justified, like Tim Pool, who continues to think that was a justified lynching in spite of literally all existence and evidence ever anywhere at any point, and a court case ruling that those fucks are never getting out of jail, except one of them possibly got parole. We're going to see about that. <sighs> It's just, it's just black people dying. Like, that's it. You know, it's a, it's a roundabout path. It used to be very simple, you know. Used to be when people who didn't like black people wanted black people dead, you could just kill them because they were slaves. But now, you know, and you got to feel bad for the conservative because it's so complicated now. Now they have to do all these euphemistic, we just want excessive policing in these neighborhoods to protect our... And yeah, they should have, like, no-knock warrants, and, you know, if thugs die to cops, maybe they should have behaved themselves, and it's a roundabout path, you know? Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, you know, this at the end, the end of the day, you know, you get... After they open the door, they repeatedly shout, uh, police search warrant. They also shout hands and get on the ground. The video shows an officer kick a sectional sofa, and Locke, who was wrapped in a comforter on the sofa, begins to move, holding a pistol. Three shots are heard, and the video ends. Oh no, mi mixed Izzy. It's not just black people. Conservatives like it when police kill people, just kind of as a rule, but, you know, that's a bonus for them. The city also released a still from the video showing Locke holding the gun, his trigger finger along the side of the barrel. I appreciate they're indicating um, proper uh, trigger discipline here. I like that. A gun rights group highlighted the timing of the raid, saying it appeared from the video that Locke was awakened by a confusing array of commands from the officers pointing lights and guns at him. Mr. Locke did what many of us might do under the same confusing circumstances. He reached for a legal means of self-defense while he sought to understand what was happening, said Rob Dorr, a spokesman for the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. It's about fucking time we have the robs of the world, local fucking gun orgs being like, hey, it's a Minnesotan nonprofit organization recognized by an IRS as a 501c4 nonprofit. Okay, so you can donate to them and it's a tax deductible. Look at that. This is an honest to God guns rights thing. Look at this. This website looks like a psychotic far right, like libertarian blue lives matter type dealio. But they came to the defense of Amir Locke. That's what I like to see. That's principle right there. Seriously. That's what I like to see. I'm sure I disagree with these f***s in a million things, but if you claim to stand for gun rights and you're, you're going to go out there and not say shit about the kind of stuff that happened about Amir Locke, you don't even care about that. You can't, it's all some euphemism. It's some adjacent thing you care about. Usually racial supremacy, nationalism, xenophobia. But no, these guys did it right. Gun owners in Minnesota. Interim Police Chief Amelia Huffman said during a news conference Thursday that what a terrible time to be an interim chief. That Locke wasn't named in the warrants. She said it wasn't clear how or whether Locke was connected to St. Paul's homicide investigation. Oh, whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, dude, how, how did you get in these? How did you get in these warrants? How did that happen? I don't know. Whatever. Cops will just be like, hey, can we get like a no-knock warrant on the Ben and Jerry's? We want some Ben and Jerry's. Can we get... Can we get a no-knock warrant of the car wash? Uh, the uh, Humvee's looking a little dirty. Can we get a no-knock warrant on, let's just say this entire zip code. Uh, you know, we got some business there. Just like, whatever, as long as we're in the neighborhood. You, you think I'm exaggerating. It's because I am. I'm exaggerating severely. But they do very, very judiciously, uh, you know, uh, uh, approve these no-knock warrants. You know? They, they, they throw them out there. 
I can't believe when I was a kid I thought no-knock warrants were justified because they could prevent people from flushing drugs down the toilet. God, that ideology, man. I thought that was 15. That's how it was explained to me. It was like, why do you need no-knock warrants? It's like, well, they could flush evidence. Like, okay. Okay, I guess that makes sense. The search warrants that led the SWAT team to enter the apartment were filed under seal and will not be made public immediately. Can't wait to see those search warrants written in crayon. Ray said the video raises about as many questions as it does answer and that the city was pursuing answers as quickly as possible and in a transparent... Yeah, okay, okay, whatever. Puff piece, you know, puff speak, whatever. The still shot shows the image of the firearm in the subject's hand at the best possible moment when the lighting was fully on him. That's the moment when the officer had to make a split-second decision to assess the circumstances to determine whether he felt there was an articul articulable threat, that the threat was of imminent harm, great bodily harm and death, and that he needed to take action right there. You know, maybe if cops are incapable of making split-second decisions in ways that don't kill civilians, maybe you shouldn't allow them no-knock warrants in which every encounter will be a split-second decision. Like, that's going to be every one of them in a no-knock warrant because you didn't knock. You just burst in there. Like, the, the, the cops had no choice. How would you react if you had no time at all to make the decision? Then have the time! Then, then develop the time by knocking! He was on his couch! You're in SWAT armor! Jesus fuck! Do you think every person who you want to look into the house of has a has like a, a ATF bone chilling armor piercing anti materiel rifle? Do you think they have backup? Do you think they have landmines? No. Why be Why be careful? Why not just kill people? Why I, I have to think like a cop? Why not just Why not just murder people? I forgot. You got to think like a to truly understand the police behavior. You have to think like a police officer. What if we just killed people? Brilliant. Hanneman was hired in 2015. Records released by the sh city showed three complaints, all closed without discipline, but gave no details? What the fuck is the point of releasing the fact that complaints took place without giving the details? I feel like this can also result in more cop deaths. Oh, I'm pretty sure no-knock warrants are more dangerous for cops, too. I'm being charitable by saying that maybe they slightly decrease the likelihood of a cop dying. I think they make it more likely the cops are going to die. I just don't care. I don't care even if it did kill them more. They signed an oath. Civilians didn't. That's what it means to be the line between law and uh, chaos. Sorry, fucko. If you don't like that, you can find another job. That's the job. Imagine fucking U.S. troops liberating France, and every fucking time they got in a gunfight over some grassy hill, they're, like, charging forward with, like, French teenagers in one arm. Like, they're, like, knocking unconscious with the butt of their gun. Like, you whatever, maximize survivability, let's go! You know. All right, well, you think we're done? We're not, idiot. Okay, so this is from Unicorn Riot. Um, I think we watched live streams of theirs back during the George Floyd protests. They tend to be where they they tend to be where protests are. Uh, yeah, they're 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 based. Uh, to, to my knowledge, they're quite based. Amir Locke's killer gave illicit drugs to protesters in 2012 scandal. I'm only looking at this now. I just want to see what it's about. Mark Hanneman, remember that name. The Minneapolis police officer who killed Amir Locke while executing a pre-dawn no-knock warrant. Oh, I love it. I love it when we're honest in ways that don't that don't sanitize the officer's behavior. 
was heavily involved in giving illicit drugs to unhoused people in Occupy Wall Street protesters in 2012. He was an officer in the small town of Hutchinson, Hutchinson in McLeod County, west of Minneapolis. According to Hanneman's personnel file released by the city of Minneapolis, Hanneman had his first stints working with Minneapolis Police Department in late 2015. The city also released his compliance sum or complaint summary, sorry, revealing three complaints. However, according to nonprofit Communities United Against Police Brutality, Hanneman's had four complaints filed against him. Three of the complaints were closed with no discipline, and one was still open. Amir Locke, a 22-year-old registered gun owner with no criminal record, was killed before 7 a.m. on the 2nd of February when SWAT officers with MPD executed a search warrant. Body cam footage showing the killing was released the next day with, no with a key announcing their presence. Love the cops just have a master key. Kick a couch that Locke was sleeping in a blanket on and kill him within two seconds. Officer Hannigan was part of MPD's SWAT Unit 1280 uh, that initially entered the apartment. Hanneman shot and killed Locke with two gunshot wounds to the chest and one to the wrist. Hanneman was the only officer to fire his weapon during the early morning intrusion. According to the personnel file, he has gone through dozens of use of force training, SWAT trainings, and weapon training courses. I imagine that's the case, uh, if he's been in the force for a decade or more. Before he became a police officer, he was a 911 dispatcher in Hutchinson for two years, then he joined the PD for five years and was also on their SWAT team. During his time as an officer in Hutchinson, Hanneman took part in the statewide drug recognition evaluator training program uh, run by the Minnesota State Patrol. Within the program, officers gave illicit drugs to people to evaluate their reactions. Officers gave illicit drugs to people to evaluate their reactions. Are we doing some CIA shit? This training program took place periodically in downtown Minneapolis, but in 2012 it was exposed and became a scandal, which led state authorities to relocate the training to California. What? Wait, hold on. Drug Recognition Evaluator, Min Minnesota. Hold on. Okay, this is a government website. They're probably not going to talk about how they f***ed up. Here's the history of the Drug Recognition Evaluator course. Developed in Los Angeles in the 1970s as a result of LAPD officers noticing many individuals arrested for DWI with very low or no alcohol concentrations under the influence of drugs. So it's a way of recognizing impairment. This doesn't talk about... DRA candidates must complete certificate certification training where they perform 12 evaluations on drug-impaired subjects. They just give people drugs? Well, that's a good thing that cops can do, giving people drugs. But under what circumstances? Were they told? Were they, were they implicated? This is a news article in, from 2012. The Minnesota State Patrol sergeant at the helm of a suspended drug training program has a documented track record of unprofessionalism. Sergeant Rick Munoz, so this would have been his boss in this case, may not be implicated in the most recent scandal in which law enforcement officers in a training class for a drug recognition evaluator program were accused of distributing marijuana to members of the public. So they were bringing, they were bringing them in and giving them drugs? Didn't they talk about this in that video about how you should never talk to the police? Wasn't there that example being given of how like cops will try to implicate you or something? Well, under what circumstance? I want to know more. Were, were, they brought, were they brought into a facility given a risk and disclosure form paid for their work? If so, then this seems like somewhat legitimate. The way they keep phrasing it makes it seem like they just gave it to, like, people on the street. A screen grab 
Released in the spring by the activist group Occupy Minnesota shows police taking young people away from downtown Minneapolis in squad cars. When they returned, the young people said officers from around the state provided them with marijuana. Okay, so they were arresting protesters. Okay. Documents obtained by NPR News shows Munoz as reprimanded as a trooper for belittling citizens, jailing a motorist for no reason, humiliating the people who are supposed to help. This is the guy who headed the program here. Munoz's record of complaints makes him a curious pick to lead the Drug Recognition Evaluator Program. The DRE program trains officers to observe members of the public who are under the influence of illicit drugs, and some of these people include homeless and other vulnerable populations. During Munoz's first year in charge of the program, a video released this spring by Occupy Minnesota activists claimed officers in the class were giving drugs their test subjects. He gave me a whole bag of weed, and we smoked it all up, said a person in the video. Wait, but who were they given a were they given a form? I lawsuit named State Patrol twenty seven officers over drug 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 recognition evaluation program. Can I get any more info? Has anything come out in deposition? Violated the civil rights of homeless people, Occupy Minneapolis activists, and vulnerable adults by giving them large amounts of marijuana to get high. Being sued by five men and one woman, one woman treated like human guinea pigs by their own government. Okay, they were not given a form. I hope you guys understand that if anyone feels my dislike for American police is excessive, my dislike is based off of an understanding of perhaps 1% of the bad shit that they do. I, I'm, like, I, I'm angry at the tip of an iceberg. The tip of the iceberg is bad, okay? It's a tip of an iceberg and the iceberg is made of blood. Like, I, there's so much everywhere all the time so much bad stuff everywhere, all the time. So much of it gets covered up. The stuff that comes out is often not discussed in its entirety. I don't even know a lot of the stuff that does get discussed because there's so much of it. Okay, back to the Unicorn Riot bit. Okay, so this is talking about the killer of Amir Locke, who... Is this really him? Holy shit. What a physio... What, is, what a physiognomically cop profile. Holy shit. Talk about some facial determinism here. Jesus Christ. Oh, cop phrenology is real. Oh, cop phrenology is 100% real. Look at this. You know what the sad thing is? You know what the really sad thing is? Okay. The sad thing is if you put this guy in a different outfit and you had him like standing alongside a bunch of protesters protesting for like trans rights or whatever, he would be such a fucking chad. He'd be like, oh my God, look at that brick of a dude. You know? Look at that absolute brick of a person. But you can't do that when you have this facial structure because you are genetically predisposed to be a cop. So it's it's kind of a moot point. He would, the, this guy, like, this is the kind of guy whose only non-cop uniform clothing is, um, is, is a polo shirt. It's always a polo shirt in, like, ill-fitting black, like, slacks or, or, or whatever, or jeans that they tuck the polo shirt into. It's always, always the same stuff. Anyway, okay, so now we understand that this guy per was part of, wh what was it, what was it, what was it, MKUltra? What was that program they did? I forget the name. The, the one where the, the CIA just gave people LSD? What was the name of that? MKUltra, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. That's great. Okay, so now we know that. That's, that's phenomenal. All right, everyone, get ready for my favorite part of this segment. It's going to be... Me reading Fox News article comments. They loudly announced themselves prior to entry and continued to and gave loud verbal instructions. What happened to Hands Up? Locke posed a threat by reaching for a gun 
uh, with officers being shot, they defended themselves. No knock is to catch people in the act or surprise to reduce incidents. I hope this person dies. Confirming that there's a gun in this person hand, uh, person's hand. When was the exact date that the public began to get the message that they should ignore directives from the police and point a gun at them? I didn't get that memo. Literally, like, woken up by people storming in. I hope this person dies. Can you actually play clown music? The, cl the like, standard clown music isn't, um... Oh, wait, hold on. I think we can, I think we can make this a little bit better. Just a second. Yeah, we can make this a, a smidge more bearable. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, there we go. We don't need clown music. My voice is all you need. There we go. All right, let's continue. Said Locke's family told her Locke was a licensed gun owner with a concealed carry permit, that he didn't live in the apartment, the police had not been looking for him, and that he wasn't one of the three suspects named in the warrant. All irrelevant. The man picks up a gun and starts to point it at the officers. Justified shoot. Remember, these guys aren't pro-Second Amendment. They want pr they're pro-Second Amendment because they imagine themselves shooting black people. Uh, when black people have guns, they are suddenly uh, very uh, anti-Second Amendment and anti-every amendment. They're, they just hate, they hate life and they should die. They are demons who wear human skin. If you point a gun at police, which he didn't, whether you fire or not, whether you're black or white, yeah, right, whether you have lived a good life or not, whether you're just getting your life on track or not, it doesn't matter. You point a gun at police, you will absorb a lot of lead. Just don't do it. Can we get no-knock warrants on the house of every Fox News, uh, Fox News commentator? Can we, can we get, can we get, uh, can we get no-knock warrants in these places? Please, God, this would be like the one good thing the cops could do. Legally own gun or not, when police come into a dwelling with a search warrant, particularly a SWAT team, the first reaction should not be to pull out a gun. It's as simple as that. Officers came home and tacked their families that night. Shame. Not guilty. Don't point guns at police. I suppose Mr. Crump is doing his job by playing the race card and casting doubt. Ah, there we go. Uh, accusing the civil rights activist of um, playing the race card. Unfortunately, as long as gangs make illegal drugs their main source of commerce? Unfortunately- Wait! you Wait! Mr. Crump is playing the race card, comma, as long as gangs make illegal drugs their main source of com commerce, violence will follow? You're forgetting the key thing, it's all about the money, he cares less about the family, he sees another payday? Cool. Information that doesn't matter. He was licensed to own and carry a firearm. He didn't live at the apartment. He was not named in the search warrant. The police were not looking for him. Oh. Boop. This is simple. The police had a valid search warrant, and they entered the property based upon that warrant. They announced and identified themselves, and an occupant of the resident pointed a firearm at them. The shooting was 100% justified. I think it goes on like this for a while. Minnesota statute on no-knock warrants. A search warrant may be served only between the hours of 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. unless the court determines. But he was killed before 7 a.m. Did the court determine that he need to be woken up at 6.48? Why, why let the law get in the way of cops killing black people? If he was awake enough to pick up the heater, he was awake enough to set it down. Is heater some kind of boomer slang for a uh, firearm? Let's see if I got this clearly. The guy that was shot can't be armed and be called a victim. That's an interesting take that I'm sure they have all the time. Didn't yell a reply to officers to don't shoot and put his arms up. The guy that was shot deliberately attempted to hide under a bl- Deliberately attempted to hide under a blanket. See body cam video. See, in a very, in a very uh, subterricious, uh, devious, devilish way. You see, he was hiding in Sleepy Town. I think it goes on like this for a while. Completely justified shooting. 
how do I work within the limits of YouTube TOS? These people aren't human beings. They're not even dogs. And in a sane world, their blood would be the mortar uh, between the stones upon which we build a better world. Uh, uh, hypothetically. In Roblox. Demons. Demon people. Not human beings. They fake you. Back in his edgelord arc. <laughs> you think I'm being edgy. I'm being sensible. This is humanitarian intervention here. Language like what I'm using right now is appropriate sane response. Is it, is it, is it, is it edgy, you know, like, uh, you know, World War II recruitment? We got to go kill those Nazis, you know? Like, uh, free those concentration camps. Is that edgy, you know? He, he spoke negatively of the people who, let's be real, are the edge case of being able to deserve human rights. Eh, nah, nah, I don't care. Demons. 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 Can we move on to listing things we should do as a society to prevent this from happening again? And no-knock warrants. That's it. It's very simple. That's step one. That's not even step one. That's step zero. That's not even step zero. That's like the process of building a foundation before you begin to build the floor that'll support the staircase that you then construct step zero upon. Like, no, not like, no. Yeah, it's it's not it's not even laying the foundation. It's drawing up the plans and purchasing the land you're going to build on. It, well, here's a source. St. Paul police did not request a no-knock warrant in MPD raid that led to Amir Locke's death. According to law enforcement sources, Minneapolis police insisted on the no-knock warrant. Wait, did not request, insisted on? Wait. Oh, okay, that's right. The Minneapolis SWAT team was, 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 was doing this to help St. Paul police with the case of theirs. So the St. Paul police didn't even request they do no-knock warrants. Uh, the Minneapolis police, the SWAT team itself was like, no, nah, dude, wouldn't this be sick? Bro, wouldn't it be fucking awesome if we just, like, just murked some people? Didn't that happen with Breonna Taylor, too? Listen, here's a really good metric that you can use to be almost, like, ubiquitously in the right. Anytime the police get any news attention for doing anything whatsoever, okay, they f***ed up somehow. Some element of this went wrong, okay? You should never trust police, ever. The only time the police are ever a good guy in a situation is if somehow, through remarkable circumstance, the other people involved have managed to be worse, okay? No-knock warrant? Oh, the Wikipedia page. Use of no-knock warrants has increased substantially over time, and as we all know, you know, police have only uh, gotten safer to be around. By one estimate, there were 1,500 annually in the early 1980s, whereas in 2010 there were 60 to 70,000 conducted annually, the majority of which were looking for marijuana. Thank God. Thank God. Keeping our country safe from that bud, from that dank kush. They could have, they could have flushed the kush. We, we nearly missed out on our opportunity to ruin somebody's life for consuming a drug that's legal in a third of the country anyway, and also hurts nobody. Essentially, it's weed. It's like, the, it's weed. We, we almost did, that we had to kill some innocent people to get here. You know, we had to, we had to kill some innocent people, but it was worth it because now fewer people will be high. Spectacular. No-knock warrants also conflict with the right to self-defense, stand your ground laws, and the castle doctrine, which explicitly permit the use of deadly force against intruders. Man, all I'm saying is, okay, in a, in a, in a country where you have the right to shoot people who burst into your house, okay, you're wondering in the back of your head, uh, are these cops or are they not? They might kill you either way. It might be your end either way. 
really, the only question is, you know, do they kill you quicker than you can exercise your legal right to self-defense? Or not? It would have been worse if they'd sent a social worker instead. Oh, thank God they didn't send a social worker. That's assuming he was even able to comprehend they were cops. No, it doesn't matter. The point isn't comprehension. The point is that they, they want to kill people. They want to kill people. They want to be big dick boys. Uh, police officers have erectile dysfunction, and the only way uh, that they can get hard is by physically kicking in doors. When they have to knock and ask for permission to enter illegally uh, abiding citizens' homes, that, that makes them sad and that makes them soft. Uh, it's not enough. It's cucked to them, okay? They get cucked enough in their in their regular day-to-day -day life. I mean, keep in mind, we're talking about police officers, okay? Low IQ, they beat their fucking wives, they have no friends who actually give a shit about them other than people who have a shared interest in alcoholism, they have physically debilitating conditions from the times they got their knees blown out during, um, during uh, high school uh, football, okay? Uh, these people have nothing going for them, but at least, at least, at least, they can take advantage of bullshit laws so they get to feel like Rambo kicking in the doors of people who are engaging in couch nappy time and extrajudicially executing them for doing exactly zero things wrong. Thank God. Shiwan Head, we were just discussing how all the Fox News comments and the behavior of essentially all conservatives points to the fact that they just like it when black people die. Which they do. Number of no-knock raids increased from 3,000 to 50,000 in like uh, 20 years. 60 to 70,000 annually, the majority of which are from marijuana. Raids that lead to the death of innocent people are increasingly common. Since the early 1980s, 40 bystanders have been killed, according to the Cato Institute in Washington. Let's go. And as we all know, uh, thanks to the hard work of these God-fearing officers, marijuana is gone and no more Americans have marijuana. And the problem, which was real and existed, has been solved. In Utah, no-knock warrants made up about 40% of warrants served by SWAT teams. Jesus, fuck. Usually for drugs and usually done at night. In Maryland, 90% of SWAT deployments to, were to serve search warrants, with two-thirds through forced entry. From 2010 to 2016, at least 81 civilians and 13 officers died during SWAT raids, including 31 civilians and 8 officers during execution of no-knock warrants. Half of the civilians killed were members of a minority. Of those subject to SWAT search warrants, 42% are black and 12% are Hispanic. Since 2011, at least seven federal lawsuits against officers executing no-knock warrants have settled for over one million. Oh, and guys, remember? When your local SWAT team kills some uppity racial minorities for the audacity of sleeping and engaging in blanky mode and also possessing a legally owned firearm, when the inevitable lawsuit gets brought against them, your tax dollars get to pay for it. The city pays out settlements, not the police department. Their budget stays the same, they get to stay on paid administrative leave, or they get fired and transferred to another department in some other state, you know, where the heat cools down a bit, because cops love that cross-state tra cross, cross transfer. And, uh, and you, you get to pay their bill, your tax dollars. How, many, how much in taxes do you guys pay? What do you, what do you make? What do you make? Nothing? A lot of you are students, right? Maybe 20, 25, 30, $35,000. Let's say you pay in taxes $8,000 a year, okay? Let's just say $8,000. Like a middle to low income, like single income person who works like a, you know, like not a minimum wage job, but a decent job, something like that. Let's say you pay, say you pay $8,000 in, in taxes, okay? Um, oh, wait, right. We're talking about uh, uh, city taxes too, not even just general taxes. 
how much do you pay in local taxes? Um, let's just say 100, 200. What do you think? What do you think? 300, 400? How much sales tax? Let's just, let's round it off at an obscenely high number and say that, you know, you probably contribute about $1,000 in tax to your city level annually. Let's just say that. I'm just, I'll just work with that simple number, okay? Just 1,000. A lot of you don't have property to have taxed. You know, let's just say 1,000, okay? It would only take thousands of you to pay off the debt the city incurs, paying for the murder committed by one police officer. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. That's great. Can you, can you imagine how it must feel to be the parents of, uh, of Amir Locke and to know in April that when they pay their taxes, a minuscule, not, well, they will be one of tens of thousands whose taxes will be necessary to pay the bill of the lawsuit that'll be brought as a product of their son being murdered. I have an alternate system. I have an alternate system, okay? When police officers engage in misconduct that uh, leads to substantial lawsuits, obviously, first, you repo everything they have. Their house, their thin blue line laden pickup truck, everything. We take everything they have, of course, but that won't pay all of it, okay? So for the remainder of the money, in an ironic twist, given the racialized nature of these cases, in many cases, they become slaves of their state or city, and they simply work it off for the rest of their life. I say, well, we, and, and by the way, these guys are probably pro-slavery anyway, so honestly, we're giving them a gift. Um, I say they just spend, and the, in, in, to, to, to really reaffirm, I suppose, the, the severity of their crime, they should also be doing something just tremendously inefficient as well. Oh, right, of course. Sorry, I almost forgot. Yeah, we do have slaves right now, like hundreds of thousands of them. They're prisoners. Thank you. Keen to point that out. Uh, so they're arrested, and uh, they get used for um, prison labor, you know, prison labor. And then they pay off $7 million by breaking rocks with a pickaxe until they die of back problems. Now, personally, I think that any God-fearing American should be happy with this arrangement for a great many reasons. First of all, you're not burdening the average taxpayer with the uh, personal irresponsibility of these, uh, of these police officers. So we, you have that. Uh, you know, um, they committed a crime, so they go to jail. That seems fine to me. I don't see what the issue is there. And, uh, oh, they're, they're thugs, right? Of course, they're thugs. They're going to jail now. Um, and uh, we don't have a problem with using prison labor anyway. So, um, you know, uh, we, we can we can sort of take advantage of that. And again, um, and I'm just inferring here, but I think that cops who just, you know, clearly get off on no-knock warrants are probably in favor of the institution of slavery. And as long as we're going to maintain the existence of slavery as an institution in our prison system, uh, you know, roping in hundreds of thousands of people, sometimes millions, uh, to do essentially free labor, as per the clause listed in the 13th Amendment, we should have the pro-slavery people doing it. Does anyone disagree? I think it's a brilliant idea. It's fiscally responsible. It's ethically conscious. It's humanitarian. I feel like a vegan. I like how the controversy section of the no-knock warrant article is about the size of everything else put together. Oh, yeah, it, it actually is. It's actually longer than everything else put together. Uh, as it should be. That is an honest reflection 
of the state of affairs present. We're almost done. Minneapolis Police Union issues new statement on Amir Locke killing. The Police Officers Federation of Minneapolis said no conclusion should be made till the BCA investigation is complete. You hear that, guys? No conclusions. The police union says so, okay? Make no judgments. Uh, police Officers Federation of Minneapolis has issued a new statement in response to the police killing of Amir Locke during a no-knock warrant at a downtown apartment. In a comment issued Saturday, the union, which critics of MPDC as a major obstacle to meaningful changes to policing in the city, really called for people to reserve judgment in the case until the investigation by the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is complete. The MBCA will gather the needed facts from the investigation and no conclusion should be made till the investigation is complete. I don't necessarily know if the circumstances at hand are going to lead to any kind of uh, criminal charges. There might be a civil suit following this. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, how far we stray into the territory of illegality. The issue is, is that the laws are fucked. That's the issue. Like, it could be found that nobody here committed any crimes in a legal sense, and that would only be testament to the fact that the laws are f Um, that's it. So I don't care. I, I look forward to this, you know. In six months, the judges are like, not guilty. And they're like, heh, he didn't break any laws. And I'm like, yes, he did. Moral laws. What were, what were, what were your laws mean? When Jesus Christ comes back to earth to judge you. I'm with Christ. The union had issued a statement shortly after the Wednesday shooting before the body cam footage was released, stating they were thankful all the officers involved were safe. Let me just get this out. Resize it. I should probably just have this as like a, 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 like a um, stream deck plugin. Or as an emote, perhaps. <sighs> They were thankful that all the officers involved were safe and said that Officer Mark Hanneman had to make a split-second decision to save his life and the lives of fellow officers. In the days that have followed, it has emerged that Locke was not the subject of the search warrant served in the apartment, that he was the legal owner of the handgun he had in his possession and had no criminal record, and that despite claims by interim MPD Chief Amelia Huffman and MPD Press Office that Locke was pointing the gun towards the officer, the body cam shows this was not the case, which is again, true. Uh, the, the gun was at no point pointed towards the officers, um, and he was exercising perfect trigger discipline, immaculate trigger discipline. It also emerged that MPD, which was conducting the search at the request of the St. Paul Police Department as part of a homicide investigation, had insisted upon using a higher risk no-knock warrant, despite St. Paul PD initially requesting a knock warrant. Okay, yeah, so the SWAT team, uh, so they could get their kicks... Uh, li like, li literally were like, uh, knock warrant? Nah. Nah, St. Paul PD. Nah, that's not cool. We can be cooler than that. We can be sick nasty. Kill some innocent people. Huh? The union reiterated its statement about split-second decisions in its latest statement. By God, I wish I could curse every human who ever uttered this phrase to an immediate and painful death. In its latest statement, saying that policing, particularly with the SWAT team, is a dangerous, high-stress profession where officers are forced to make split, split decisions, get that one too, in defense of themselves and their fellow officers. Weapons are drawn and used when officers are faced with significant safety threats. You drew them before you entered the building. 
The Federation notes the SWAT team was serving a warrant authorized by a judge as part of an investigation into a violent crime, albeit it does not make reference to the reports that MPD had demanded it be a no-knock warrant. It continues to state that Hanneman quickly encountered Mr. Locke, who was armed with a handgun, who made the decision to use deadly force? Oh, oh, really? Oh, did, did you think so, police union? Could you explain to me how exactly you're going to math that one out? Some sort of psychokinetic powers, perhaps? Did you wrest these secrets from his mind? Did you have a seance? No officer goes into a dangerous Initially, setting like this Initially, St. Paul police did not request a no-knock warrant from a judge as they looked to gather evidence in a murder case. But sources tell me Minneapolis police would not serve the warrant unless it was a no-knock. Tonight, growing calls to further oh, the restrict audio? them. Dude, sorry. I love that. I love how news sites will just, like, refresh on their own when nothing is happening. It's so cool. Um, I guess we should probably, like, clear out all these then. I like to keep them open in case we have to revisit them. But now all we have left is the message to every single person involved in this from the police ends of things. And also all Fox News commentators. Do not allow yourself to be lured by, by the manufactured consent. Okay, folks? Because nobody's buying this. Protesters gather in downtown Minneapolis in wake of police shooting of Amir Locke. A short while ago, the crowds arrived just outside the first police precinct in downtown Minneapolis. All of this after Officer Mark Hanneman shot and killed 22-year-old Amir Locke on Wednesday morning. That was part of a no-knock raid inside a downtown apartment. We know that raid was part of an ongoing murder investigation by St. Paul Police and that the MPD SWAT team was assisting the St. Paul Police homicide unit during that no-knock raid that ended in the shooting death of Amir Locke. We're going to check in with WCCO's Adam Duxter. He is live in the group that's been uh, marching around downtown. And then Adam, of course, now, now we're at the first precinct. What are we hearing? Yeah, Aaron, we started just about a couple of blocks away from where we're at right now. Like you said, in front of the first precinct off of Hennepin and 4th Street. And you can hear these speakers. And I'm going to step aside for a second and give you a chance to listen to really what's being said. Justice means something for every single one of us. Justice does not mean that we say it. Justice means that we fight for it, that we persisted for it. It's every single day. And we have to do that. We have to do that, y'all. So here's what I'm asking. We're going to be doing more protesting. You got to bring more people. Come on. And there you hear the call for more protesting in the following days and weeks. And earlier we heard activists and protesters say they're calling for the immediate firing of M Minneapolis police officer Mark Hanneman, as well as his prosecution. And today we've also heard people calling for interim police chief Amelia Huffman to step down, as well as Mayor Jacob Fry to step down from his position. And again, Again, this group is grown into thousands of people here just a couple of blocks away from the Hennepin County Justice Center. And again, folks repeating those calls. Some of the folks we talked to from all walks of life saying something needs to happen to prevent something like this from happening again. 
But again, Aaron, we've been walking and we've heard from multiple speakers, including Amir Locke's family and folks that are now associated with the legal team for the Locke family. But again, the big calls today are for prosecution and firing for MPD officer Mark Hanneman, as well as for interim Minneapolis Police Chief Amelia Huffman, as well as Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry to both step down from their current positions. Good. Yeah, and we've seen them. Do it. And also, low-tier God yourself. I don't care. All right. Well, this has been a refreshing a refreshing reminder of, of the fact that we live in a very functioning society. Really, the, the procedural stuff isn't what gets me so much. I, you know, or to put it another way, no-knock warrants are a big problem, a big obvious problem. But there is something that hurts people way more than no-knock warrants, and it's the people in that Fox News comment section. The seething, tumultuous swarm of racist conservatives uh, through, through the policies they pass, the people they vote for, you know, they make it difficult to get rid of um, no-knock warrants as well. You, you think those SWAT members are voting blue? In 2022? No. This year? No. Uh, no. It's a broader systemic issue. Uh, never forget, okay? There's a very clear-cut answer to this, and it's to get rid of no-knock warrants. But no-knock warrants aren't around because people think they're effective. People do think they're effective, but that's not the reason why they're around. There are lots of things that are effective that we don't do. Tons of policing tactics that would be better that other countries do that we don't do. So... It being effective, even though it's not, isn't even the metric by which it is being promoted. No-knock warrants are popular in the United States because they're a component of a strategy of policing which was intricately intertwined with white supremacy throughout the uh, 90s and early aughts and continues to this day to have a significant effect. It is a combination of cop worship, the belief that cops can essentially do no wrong, like just none whatsoever, the belief that being tough on crime, even if it means breaking into civilians' houses to catch them with weed, you know, is, is, is something worth doing. And the belief that, and let's be clear, because like, again, it's not as though racism just disappeared when the Civil Rights Act was passed and you couldn't say the N-word like anymore. A lot of it is because uh, conservative political and policing policy are about keeping their boot on the necks of black people. That is a big part of it. Anybody who doesn't think that is laughably naive. Uh, the methods by which black people were systemically oppressed uh, have been fairly consistent uh, in, in the North before the end of slavery and everywhere after the end of slavery. They have been fairly consistent and they exist to this day in euphemized forms. It's not easy to just go lynching the local black guy anymore, but that's fine for them because cops will do it. Or... Well, they won't lynch black people. They'll engage in unnecessarily risky behavior, which increases the mortality rate of black people, and police those areas disproportionately to make it more likely black people are the victims. And, well, then they'll defend the death of black people in the comment sections of their Fox News articles. You understand? Everything is about distilling a fundamental essence of racism down to its roots, finding ways to abstract and euphemize so that you get to maintain that underlying system. And somebody in chat asks, why? And the honest-to-God answer is, it varies. Some people are just open white supremacists. 
not that many. Some people are covert white supremacists who believe white people are better than non-white people, but don't say it out loud. I'd be willing to bet this constitutes a pretty large number of people in the Republican Party. Though a lot of them probably don't know that they believe that. Like, it's one of those, I don't think white people are better, I just think we're better at some things. And the things they think white people are better at include a list of everything that describes the ability to function in society. And then they acknowledge black people are good at basketball. And they think in their mind that makes them not racist. Nobody wants to be the villain, you know? And some people are not racially biased, but they just reflect the predominant ideological paradigms of racism ignorantly, stupidly, and produce the same outcomes anyway, which as far as I'm concerned, like fucking whatever, you know, um, the same outcome to me it doesn't make a difference to me. This is one of the reasons I have to wrap up because this has been going on for like three hours. This is one of the reasons why I'm very adamantly against class reductionism, because it's not possible to fix policing as an institution, which is used to hurt the poor, without acknowledging a racial uh, element of analysis. It is simply not possible. It cannot be done. Any analysis of what's wrong with policing in the United States, which is not explicitly racial in its nature, is one which will leave elements off the table. You simply, you, you, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. It is like trying to describe the shape of a body of water without once acknowledging the container it rests in. It's ridiculous. It's ineffective. It's inefficient. And there's a shorthand. Deep but stupid, Vosh. I thought it was okay. I thought it was, a, I thought it was an acceptable analogy. Yeah, politics is deep but, deep but stupid and also very important. At the end of the day, the policing... The institution of policing is a problem, but it could be replicated without ever having anything called cops. The logic of police, the language of police, it's, 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 it's very important to understand why things are bad. You know what I mean?